0: To a new year and a new episode of It's a Musical podcast. The podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he definitely should have seen by now and then we talk about them.
1: I am the boyfriend who is maybe still getting over his New Year's hangover.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm Drew.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to 2021 everyone. Yeah. We're going to have a ruthless start to 2021.
0: 100%. It's, t- it's a year for ruthlessness.
1: And why is it going to be Ruthless. 'Cause
0: today we're watching my favourite musical. Which is Ruthless. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about this musical. I love this. I never thought I would get to show you this musical. I never thought they that like they would air it. Why? Because it seems so niche. And it it when I tell you about how many shows this has performed for in total you're going to be surprised that they've aired it
1: as well see this is the thing i genuinely believe given like the shows must go on and mm-hmm. all these different shows that kind of come out the woodwork yeah every broadway show must have had a recording yeah especially in recent memory there are going to be official recordings of a lot of things out there that you don't think you'll ever see the light of day mm-hmm. i i Hand on heart, believe that somewhere out there, someone has recorded Spider Man. The musical.
0: Well, like officially, yeah, yeah, there is an official recording of that.
1: Exactly, and someday it will be distributed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I hope. <laughs> I need to see the nightmare that is Spider Man. Yeah, but it's always amazing when you do see shows that you don't expect to come out, be released like this.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I do think there is something to be said for... Maybe I'm more surprised because it's... Like, I feel like I was the only person asking for this. Yeah, but it's fair. I don't really know anybody else that's seen this musical. I don't know anybody else that likes this musical. Because it is hard to see.
1: You are really selling it to me.
0: No, because it's... You wait until I tell you about how many shows they performed of this because nobody's seen this.
1: But yeah, this is the thing that's so crazy about it is. I'm really surprised we don't get more of these released officially because Mm -hmm. that's how shows gather momentum. Yeah. If you can release a Blu-ray physical media version of something, it Mm -hmm. may not sell well, but momentum is then on its side that word of mouth spreads and you can say there's this awesome show called ruthless Mm -hmm. watch it and you tell one friend who maybe watches it and tells another friend and eventually you've got momentum behind this show
0: yeah
1: and you've got a whole new market for it and eventually down the line you maybe have interest that would sell out a theater even for one night only yeah so it does surprise me that sometimes these aren't as accessible as they are. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go around HMV and and you will see Phantom of the Opera. You will see Love Never Dies, surprisingly. We thought you'd never see it, but I've seen that a lot since, since you know, we covered it. Yeah. You'll find Cats. There are so many of these official ones and presumably have that market because of the production team behind them. But there's mm-hmm. these smaller ones that you just think... They're the ones that need this.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that is very much the case with this musical because I think everyone should see this. And if you didn't get a chance to watch it when it was aired on Shows Must Go On, I know it is also on Broadway HD. Yeah. So
1: So check it out.
0: Yeah, please. Because this show needs way more hype than it's currently getting.
1: Okay, so talk to me about it because I honestly, I can't even give you a synopsis. I've never heard of this show. I don't know what it could be about.
0: Yeah. I don't know that I've ever played you any music from this no, show. No, I
1: don't think you have. I honestly, hand on heart, couldn't even come up with a joke of a synopsis. Mm-hmm. Because I have no idea. Yeah. Presumably, based on the title Ruthless,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're going to have a character who is a welcome mat. That everybody steps on and grows to be more ruthless as time goes on. Yeah, maybe it's kind of like a reverse Cinderella, where Cinderella finally grows a backbone and becomes ruthless. Sure. But I don't know. That'd be a great
0: take for a Cinderella revamp. Yeah, a bad Cinderella, maybe.
1: (laughs) But my point is, I can't I can't tell you, I've never heard a thing about this. The name suggests either they already are ruthless and they're going to learn to be maybe a little bit calmer Mm -hmm. or they are going to need to become ruthless. Yeah, or maybe it's a show about a world where there are no Ruths, and it's actually Ruthless. Sure.
0: We're lacking of Ruths. Yeah. Okay, so Ruthless opened off Broadway,
1: as most shows do.
0: Yep, in March of 1992. Oh wow, this is old. 1992. Yeah, it's not that much older than me.
1: Well, it's 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 younger than me. But,
0: this is one of the more modern ones that we've Yeah, covered. but my
1: point was, I was thinking this was going to be something from the 2000s. Oh, I see. So within the past 20 years. I wasn't expecting it to be within the past 30 years.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes That's sense. That's going
1: to get weird, though. You know, we're in 2021 now. Like, it is nearly a 30 year old show, whereas, you know, 2020 mindset, how, what a difference four days makes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It closed. In January of nineteen
1: ninety-three. Okay, so it didn't it go long? Did three hundred and forty-two performances, just shy of one a year.
0: Yeah. The central role, the main character of this, was played by Laura Bell Bundy.
1: I recognize the name. Yes,
0: she was L in Legally Blonde.
1: So she was young. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and her understudies were Natalie Portman and Britney Spears.
1: Oh wow! Yeah.
0: That's how exciting this now. <laughs> is. This just makes me aware that I have no concept of how old Natalie Portman and Britney Spears are.
1: No, because Natalie Portman, the first thing I truly know she was in... Star Wars? Yeah, with The Phantom Menace. And that was like 96, 97. Mm. There was something before that where she was younger, but I, I can't for the life, And I'm going to feel so stupid because it's like a really iconic role yeah. that she recently criticised, like a Lolita Did role. Did they
0: shave her head?
1: No, that was V for Vendetta.
0: Oh, I thought she'd done that before. Never mind. No,
1: Viva that. Vendetta's um two thousands. Because
0: she's young in that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you Well, th- so
0: how old is she in this?
1: I don't know her actual age.
0: Do you roughly, do you think she would have been?
1: She's gotta be born in the eighties, so I'm gonna guess she's about twelve to thirteen.
0: Yeah. So that's our protagonist. That's how old our protagonist okay. is.
1: So she's the understudy and Britney Spears is the understudy. Now Britney Spears is already on the Mickey Mouse Club,
0: probably yeah.
1: Because she became really famous in like ninety seven, ninety eight with "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: like one of the first albums I ever bought.
0: Yeah, so she would have been a little bit older as well yeah. as an understudy. She
1: wow. would have been like
0: fourteen, fifteen.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, but, but, but... the
0: fact that they were Laura Bell Bundy's understudies—imagine understudies, being able to say that as an adult,
1: especially because you don't really think of Britney Spears as an actress. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know she's dabbled. Like, there was Crossroads, and then she's been in How I Met Your Mother. Mm. So I'm
0: thinking about this from the perspective of knowing what this role is.
1: And she's perfect for it. Yeah,
0: I can see it. So this musical was written by Joel Paley, who basically just wrote this. Okay. He also wrote the lyrics, and the music was done by Marvin Laird, who also worked on basically everything on Broadway ever. He was the musical director for Gypsy. He was the uh, sound effects designer for Evil Dead the musical. He was the music director for Annie Get Your Gun. He worked on Follies as the musical director. like, And he wrote all the music for Hans Christian Andersen and Queenie. Wow. So, yeah, he's talented. Joel Paley, fun fact, went on as a character in this musical because... The character, the actor that they had playing the character yeah. went off sick. So Joel Paley just stepped up and was like, hold it.
1: So, kind of like Whoopi Goldberg. Like Whoopi
0: Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were going to compare that.
1: So, okay, this is the only thing he's ever worked on. So, did he get very burned by this project that, like, it didn't work out the way he wanted to? So, it's kind of like, right, I'm done with Broadway. Or has he had a career since that? Has he just moved on to, like, films or TV? He's
0: just done other stuff since that. He's He just kind of moved on with his life and stopped working on musicals, which is great. Good for him. So after it was off-Broadway and it closed in January, they decided they were going to have a new musical director. And so they brought in another musical director who then quit because he decided he didn't like the tone of this musical. Okay. Because this is a spoof musical. It is making fun of things like Gypsy and Mame and like these big Broadway musicals and
1: the play. Okay, of this so you to have be to be ruthless musical. to make it in a musical.
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah. And it is also based on The Bad Seat, which I don't know if you've ever seen.
1: Not one I'm aware of.
0: It's very good. That's good because that, that means you know nothing about the plot still. Which is incredible. So as soon as they closed off Broadway, they decided to move to LA with yeah. the show. And they took that over to the Canon Theatre in Los Angeles, where it opened in November of nineteen ninety three. So yeah. literally as soon as they closed, they were like
1: Ten months later we're, we're ready. Move this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's where they made the original cast recording as well, which is the one that I listened to.
1: Cool. Does it keep the same cast?
0: More or less. Isn't... So far as I'm aware, they don't take the kids with them.
1: So Laura Bell Bundy's no longer in it? No. Okay.
0: Nor on Natalie Portman or Britney Spears.
1: No. Do you know how regularly they performed this show? Like, do you know?
0: Well, it... so this is sort of pre-children's acting rights?
1: No, obviously, because I know that I've seen School of Rock where they've swapped the actors halfway through during mm-hmm. the interval. My point is, like, is, is there any record of how many shows that Britney did or Natalie did. Cause could you imagine seeing this, being one of those, like, 340 shows, and then you're just like, oh, okay, the kid was okay. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you're seeing Britney Spears, and you're like, oh, huh, hold on a second, and you look at your pregnant think, huh, I saw her before she was big, that's pretty yeah. cool.
0: Well, that's the thing I had with John Barrowman, where yeah. I realised that I saw John Barrowman when I was, like, two yeah. in Beauty and the Beast. Just hindsight.
1: I had such a blast watching him the other day on Doctor Who. Yeah. So good to have him back in the Doctor Who universe. <laughs> I have missed Captain Jack Harkness. We won't spoil it if you haven't watched it, but I love John Barrowman. It's just <laughs> nice to have him back.
0: So this show then had a 2015 off-Broadway revival.
1: So it's gone from 94, potentially, yep. all the way to... Twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, they had some sort of regional theatre in that it was like, you know,
1: well in the way that amateur dramatic groups yeah, do it, essentially.
0: You know. Um. So yeah, opened twenty fifteen at the Triad Theatre, which is off Broadway, and that was nine performances. Okay. Before they decided to reopen it at Saint Luke's Theatre, they reopened it the same year, but they'd made some changes to it. And they decided to get rid of an intermission
1: and just go gun-ho. and
0: streamline it so it's ninety minutes. Okay, which I think is a good idea for this
1: because some shows benefit from it. When we saw the last five years at the Southwark Playhouse, and check out our episode covering it because we had an absolute blasting live theatre in twenty twenty of all years. Mm-hmm. The flow that worked, of that yeah. performance doesn't work if you have an interval. No, it's nice just go and
0: to go on this whole emotional journey at once
1: exactly and i think also the show doesn't constitute an interval mm-hmm. so i can understand the logic there
0: yep and then we jump forwards to 2018 where it had a limited run in the west end which I is sure where i saw it. it and it literally ran from the 27th of march until the 23rd of june
1: 2018
0: cool yep and i saw it And it was amazing.
1: Were you aware of the show at the time or was it just... I had
0: literally never heard of it. So how did you end up going? I knew took about (laughs) it.
1: Were they just guessing that this might be your vibe?
0: I really... So I have sort of a history with musicals of... You know how much I like spoilers? Yes. I like to know what I'm about to go and see. I know. And so I am made very uncomfortable by the idea of having to go and see a musical that I don't know anything about. I don't know why I just don't like it so when I was told I was going to see Ruthless I was like I don't know what that is Mm -hmm. and he said please don't look it up because he'd done research on it
1: and thought it was a show you'd like
0: yes thought it was a show I'd like and also thought you need to see this without knowing anything about it,
1: like I did waitress
0: yes which I think is the same for this. I'm really glad you don't know anything about this.
1: Did you think did you do better. the research or did you go in blind? I
0: actually went in blind. Well done. I didn't know we. I didn't even know we were going to the theater until like ten minutes before we got there. So. Okay.
1: So in that ten minutes, you're like, must Google, must Google, must
0: Google, must know things. Yeah.
1: Okay. So who starred in it when it was in the West End? Was it anyone big?
0: So in the West End, we have Jason Gardner. No. Jason Gardner is one of the judges on strictly or the original strictly but also strictly on ice
1: never watched it
0: seriously okay well i love him on that i love him in this yeah it's incredible he was also in the elaine page cast of
1: cats what the, the the one back in the day yeah cool
0: yeah which is very cool we also have harriet thorpe and tracy bennett harriet thorpe was in calendar girls the movie.
1: The one with Helen Mirren? Yep. Cool. She was
0: also in Ab Fab. Nice. Bit of Fry and Laurie, uh, Casualty, The Bill, Muds. She's like a big British TV name. Yep. She also played Mrs. Lovett in the National Tour of Sweeney Todd. Cool. She was... So she's
1: not stunt casting, she is. No.
0: She also, 2008, she took over as Mad Morrible in Wicked nice. for an extended run. Then she became Tanya in Mamma Mia.
1: Wow, okay, cool.
0: Mm-hmm. She's awesome. And then she joined Ruthless. And then we have Tracy Bennett, who is mostly known for being in Coronation Street for between 82 and 84, and then coming back in 99, like,
1: yeah, she's ongoing a character. Actress, yeah.
0: She won two Olivier Awards for She Loves Me and Hairspray. Nice. And in Hairspray, she played Velma von Tussle. Cool. Yeah, which is cool, especially when you see her in this. Yeah. It's a good cast. So
1: essentially, if they ever did a film version of this, Christine Baranski is going to be in it. Yeah. And as is Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Cool.
0: This is an all-female musical.
1: Awesome. So Jason Gardner is in drag. Yes. Cool. Do you know, you have told me something about Ruth this? You've yep. mentioned it. I remember now hearing about Jason Gardner and and dressing in drag.
0: Yeah. I just not put two and two together. There is one moment in this whole musical where you hear a male voice. Yes. The rest of it's female. You've
1: told, you have spoken to me about this before.
0: Yeah.
1: Jeez. Mm-hmm. You tell me about so many musicals and sometimes I just have to drown you out until it comes know, back later. I you just don't listen to me. I can't remember the specifics of this conversation, but you mentioned about that.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it a coming of age story? Kind of. Cool. Cool.
0: I mean, in that there's a child in it.
1: I guarantee, I guarantee I could listen back to some of our old episodes and you've probably talked about this before. Probably. And I mean, considering how long I spent editing some of these episodes, like I've listened to these conversations multiple times sometimes Mm -hmm. and you've you've definitely mentioned something that sounds like what we're about to watch but I can't remember the specifics for the life of me. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm really hyped to watch this.
1: How does it fare? Before we do watch this... How has it fared in terms of awards? Has it ever been nominated, ever won anything?
0: The original cast got some Drama Desk Awards. Um, They got Outstanding Lyrics and it was nominated for Outstanding Musical. Laura Bell Bundy, Donna English and Joel Paley all got nominations as well for Outstanding Director and Outstanding Actresses. Um, 1993, it got Best Off-Broadway Show. Cool. It won that. And then in 2002, in the Musical Stages Magazine Awards, which is a London based mm-hmm. awards session, it won Best Fringe Production, Best Director, Best Lead in a Musical, Best Actor in a Musical, and Best Writer, Lyricist, and Composer of a
1: Musical. So, this is one of those really awesome shows that's just never been on Broadway. Yeah. And do you think. And
0: I don't think it would work so, on
1: right, Broadway. But here's a question for you before we do watch this this is an old show, right? Now, let's imagine Mm 2021-2022. They announce Ruthless is coming to Broadway. Yeah. Now, if it performs well and it's nominated for Tony's, can it be up for Best New Musical because it's never been on Broadway before and it's new for Broadway?
0: That is a really good question and I do not know the answer to it. I don't know how that works
1: because presumably to me new musical traditionally means new on written Broadway. within well I was going to say it could mean written within the past 12 calendar months yeah. then at the same time new musicals are written all the time but it takes such a while to get from a to b
0: Yeah that's true
1: Now this is obviously not a new musical that mm. many people will have heard of it and maybe not as many as I'm thinking but I
0: think this would fall into the best revival category
1: Okay I just Just wondered how that would work. Just thinking
0: about other things.
1: Yeah. Because I I guess you could have an argument for, well, it's new to Broadway.
0: Yeah.
1: And the Tony celebrate Broadway. Mm. I just wondered. So this is a show Mm -hmm. that hasn't had a lot of love.
0: No, but deserves so much. But maybe
1: because it's more experimental in the vein of something like the last five years Mm -hmm. and therefore hasn't been open to bigger audiences because it's just not appropriate for bigger audiences.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm so excited.
0: This oh. is not the kind of musical you take your visiting cousins to go and see, is the issue. It's not a Times Square billboard. No. And I don't think it would work as a Broadway musical. No. I think it has to be this weird little fringe musical. This
1: intimate place.
0: Yeah. And it's always been in smaller theatres, which I think works for in this In my too. mind,
1: this is what, we experience at the Southwark Playhouse. Yeah. It's a very small, intimate setting. Mm. Not your traditional kind of theatre space, but better for it. Yeah. Kind of the antithesis well, of a musical, these the theater, big numbers.
0: Yeah, the theatre that this was at is the tiny one that's opposite Cursed Child.
1: Cool. You know where
0: Orbital Comics yeah. is? It's just next to that. Awesome. Which, if you've been to the West End of London, hopefully you know what I'm talking
1: about. <laughs> but... If not, find the cursed child and turn the other way around. little
0: theatre. You actually walk in and it's a bar and then they direct you downstairs and the theatre's down there. Cool. And it's like a full stage and everything, but it's small. Intimate.
1: Which version are we watching?
0: We're watching the Jason Gardner version. So the
1: one you saw from London. Yeah. Very cool.
0: I'm really excited. However, I did not see the child that is in this version when I watched it. So we have Anya Evans playing the lead child role. And I saw Fifi bloomsbury Keir playing the main child role.
1: Do I know either of them? No. Okay.
0: They're both sort of theatre school actresses.
1: How old are they at the point when this was done?
0: They are between 12 and 14. Very cool. Yeah. So they might be bigger now.
1: It's probably also a reason why this doesn't have as big a kind of run, simply because mm. you're going to need a carousel of young female actresses.
0: Yeah. Well, interestingly, the West End cast is the only casting to have more than one child because they actually had four girls playing this role. Whereas the original Off Broadway cast, this is kind of before children's acting rights came in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to change a big deal. So they had just Laura Bobundy, and then Understudies. And then the LA cast had Lindsay Ridgway. She was, it was just her. So, well, you know, we actually care about kids now.
1: <laughs> I'm very excited. We do. I've always wanted to see an Elwood's origin story.
0: Mm-hmm. You're gonna, I. If you don't like this, I think I'm gonna be upset.
1: What a start to 2021! <laughs> I know. Starting the year like we mean to go on ruthlessly. Ruthlessly. And me, ruthless, take a tip from the three ruthless ladies singing this song. Can the compassion, the fashion is ruthless, whether you're young or you're grey haired and toothless, the key to success is ruthlessness.
0: And we are back. How are you feeling? Ruthless. Are you?
1: Do you know? Well, that's good. Right. I'm really pleased because I knew nothing about this show, but I feel like I kind of hit the right peaks. Mm-hmm. Especially the fact that I made a joke about how this show is called Ruthless because they are lacking in Ruths. Yep. And they actually are. They
0: actually are and lacking in I can't in
1: believe Ruths. my stupid dad's joke
0: mm-hmm.
1: was accurate. Yep. This was honestly one of the best shows we've covered for the podcast.
0: Oh, good. I didn't think you liked this.
1: I think it's small for starters. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not kind of big Broadway numbers.
0: Yeah, you definitely couldn't do this in a big Broadway no. theatre. Like, you've got to have a small cast yeah. and a small stage.
1: And I think I really went into this with, with no expectations. Mm. And as a result, I had a great time watching this. Yeah. Anyone out there who hasn't seen this before, make an effort to watch this. If you're one of our American listeners, Mm -hmm. I know it's on Broadway HD. We don't have access to that over here, sadly. But this is a show that if you have a Broadway HD subscription and you've skipped past this one, don't. Mm hmm. It may not be the best show we've watched, but it's certainly one of the shows I've had the most fun watching. Yeah,
0: it is a really fun show, and the cast do an amazing job with it as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think it gets off to a really good start because mm-hmm. we have like the very juvenile kind of overture with the yeah 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 yeah. Yes, and it it really does fit the tone because it just kind of establishes this is what this world's about. Mm-hmm. The fonts, the colours, they feel very Hairspray. Yeah. Which I think, again, it's an obvious callback to Hairspray and that world. Mm -hmm. And I think the characters are very reminiscent of, like, Tracy and everyone in the Hairspray world. Yeah. This does feel like it's kind of a parody of a musical at times. Mm -hmm. And I think Hairspray is definitely one of the key ones. Especially because Hairspray has... Obviously, the musicals come from the the film by John Walters. Yeah. And you had a drag queen playing Edna in the film. Yeah. Which is why that role has continued to be that way on Broadway. You know this. I'm not telling you oh, anything yeah. you don't no. know. I can't for the life of me remember the name of the drag queen who plays Edna.
0: hmm
1: I know that they were the inspiration for Ursula, though. hmm in Little Mermaid and I've seen them in quite a few features when I was studying film because John Waters used them a lot and the fact that you do have a drag role in this show I feel adds to the homage of Hairspray.
0: Yeah definitely and Jason Gardner does an amazing job and the entire time he was in this show he was Instagramming about it Talking about how much fun he was having playing this character. Because actually, he is a really good singer.
1: Oh, yeah. And And
0: especially in playing this part.
1: Yeah, I think this is a a role that a male actor could have a great time with. Mm -hmm. And I think he was phenomenal.
0: Especially because this is the only male role in the show.
1: I know we always joke, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but how much would you love to see a version of this show of John Barrowman? 100%
0: 100% oh Because no. you know he'd
1: nail it. He'd have
0: it. a great time. He'd go
1: all in on it. This is the whole point is it, it is a case of this is a female character.
0: Obviously the joke is that it's a man playing this character and that it's a drag character. Yeah. But you have to go 110% with this yeah. because otherwise it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. And this isn't like the whole point of the show is to reveal that this character is actually a man in drag. No. no. This is a, a female women character. Yeah. And you need actors of a certain skill set who are willing to mm-hmm. go all in. Mm-hmm. And you know John Barrowman 100% would go all in.
0: Yeah, well at some point we are going to watch Le Cargeau Fall. Fall, yeah. which John Barrowman was amazing Which was Birdcage.
1: In. Yeah, and yeah. he plays a drag queen
0: in that. Yeah. And it's fab. Anyway. Anyway. We begin with Jason Gardner's character, Sylvia Sincroi. Yes. Telling us... And introducing us to the world by telling us about talent and where does it come from?
1: It's not necessarily inherited. Nope. It's earned.
0: It is earned. 100%. I agree with that.
1: Yep. I agree with that. I think obviously you can be born very, very lucky that Mm -hmm. you have parents who come from a talented background. Mm -hmm. And as a result of being in that environment, you pick up on their talents. However, to become better... You're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to work hard. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that there are great painters out there that are great because their parents were painters. Mm -hmm. But again, it's going to come down to them having to put the effort in to become even better. Oh, for
0: sure. It's one of my biggest gripes as an artist that people are always like, oh, wow, you're so talented. No. Well,
1: I think (laughs) this is it. I think you can potentially be born with, 50% 50% more talent than another child at birth.
0: Sure, but if you then the don't practice ever. Exactly,
1: and they can overtake you. Mm-hmm. But I feel like certainly some people from an earlier age show their talent more so because it's just naturally. And So
0: yeah, Sylvia tells us that there is a child called Tina Denmark yeah. and her mother Judy Denmark who... I'm Tina, Judy, Judy Denmark. <laughs> Tina has a, a bucket full of talent and Judy has none. So where does talent come from? Yes. And then we open into the the Denmark home.
1: Yes, we go straight into Tina's mother, Mm -hmm. which is a great song. It's such a
0: good song. So the phone keeps ringing and Tina's mother keeps picking up the phone. Hi there,
1: I'm Tina's mother.
0: (laughs) Hello, yes, this is Tina's mother. And we don't learn that her name is Judy until the end of this song because every time she picks up the phone, her entire identity...
1: Is around being...
0: Tina's mum. Tina's mum. We learn that Tina... Came and danced for, sang and danced for somebody's blind mother.
1: Yeah, I think it was at a senior.
0: Yeah, at the senior show. center. Yes, she'll return her cane. Yeah, still her cane. She took flowers to their next door neighbor from their garden, and Tina's mother says, "Oh, she's so fond of you. She likes your husband too."
1: Yes, I things think-
0: like that. Tina is just comes the, across as a very irritating child. Yes,
1: but what they do a really good job of is they get the impression that she is this sickly sweet mm-hmm. butter wouldn't melt mm-hmm. type character. There is nothing wrong with her. She is perfect. She is what every parent would want their daughter to be and yes. that's important. She's
0: the perfect 8-year-old.
1: She's the perfect little girl as well. Yeah. You know, if sugar and spice and all things nice blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. That ridiculous notion of what it is to be a little girl. Yeah. You have Tina. Mm -hmm. What I like about this is we meet Tina's mother. Mm -hmm. And she is a typical suburban housewife. There is nothing extraordinary about her. Mm -hmm. She just exists. The house is her domain. She Mm -hmm. does with it what she wants. She's that kind of old fashioned idea of what... A mother should be.
0: Yeah. And one of my favourite set pieces in this whole show is the magic cupboard in the yeah. wall where any time they open it, whatever they need from this cupboard is already there. So she opens it and there's like yeah. a feather duster and some
1: spray. Yeah, everything's there. And then the
0: next time she opens it, there's like a tray of cakes and it goes on and
1: on throughout now, the show. interestingly, I wrote this note right at the start. Looking yeah. back at this note now makes me laugh. hmm Considering how this show progresses. But I, I write down, Sylvia said that she has no talent, but she has a great voice.
0: Yeah, she's a very good singer.
1: Now, obviously, is this musical lore of just she can sing because it's a musical, but in real life she can't? Or mm-hmm. actually, can she sing? And she's just kind of blind to it because she exists only to be Tina's mother. She could have been a teacher, but she's proud to be Tina's mother. Mm-hmm. We get all these great moments about like what she's given up. And at no point do you feel like there's any remorse that she could have more. No. She's not like Belle. There's no more to her provincial world.
0: No, she doesn't want anything else. She's perfectly happy.
1: I like the bit where she forgot her actual name as well. She forgets that her name is Judy Denmark. Yes. That's her name.
0: There's a, a knock on the door. And when she answers it, first of all, she thinks it's the phone ringing again. Yes. And then she goes and answers it. And Sylvia's here. And she says are you Judy Denmark? She's like, Judy, Judy Denmark. That's my name. That's me. I'm Judy Denmark.
1: (laughs) Thank you for giving me back my identity.
0: And then she immediately says, Tina's mother. And it's back to...
1: The timing of this show is great. Like Mm -hmm. all the little touches and all the comedic moments, like the timing is great, especially because it's delivered so deadpan. Mm -hmm. Like it just works so much. The small talk they make is great. Sylvia says, is your name Danish? No, toast will be fine.
0: Oh, it's yeah, they're talking about where, like, they come from. Because yes. her surname is Denmark. Sylvia says Danish. And Judy says, no, toast is fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. And...
0: Because she's making her food or something. My
1: other favourite joke is that Tina's mother thinks that Sylvia is an OAP resident.
0: Yes, so she thinks that she's from...
1: She's from the home that Tina performed at Mm -hmm. and Sylvia's naturally a little annoyed by that. Yes. And then we finally meet the girl herself.
0: Yes, indeed. Tina. Tina, it's time to make your entrance.
1: And we go into Born to Entertain and ugh, she is so sickly sweet. She's incredibly annoying, but isn't this character great? Great. She reminds me, and I've made this kind of reference on the show before, and for the life of me, I couldn't remember the name again, Mm -hmm. yet again. But she reminds me of the little girl from Series of Unfortunate Events.
0: Oh, Carmelita. Yeah. Sure.
1: I was just thinking... That's
0: hilarious.
1: Yeah, she's Carmelita Spatz, isn't Mm -hmm. she?
0: Well, she's supposed to be Shirley Temple. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of different... I mean, Carmelina is probably supposed to be Shirley Temple. There's a lot of these... (laughs) characters nowadays that exist because of that oh
0: yeah her name is carmelita
1: so how old was tina supposed to be because my notes say she's 14
0: tina she's eight
1: she's eight yeah
0: in tina's mother judy sings my girl's the perfect eight year old okay but yeah the actress that's playing her is about 14
1: that's why i have put that Mm then now this is the thing I don't know if it's because she's in eight year olds clothing, mm-hmm. but she looks older.
0: Yes, it does make 14. her look older.
1: What I thought was this was Captain America, and they pulled a Chris Evans before the Super Soldier serum on this little girl. Because she just, her face doesn't look right with everything she's wearing. No, the
0: wig's horrible.
1: Yeah, and I know it's. <laughs> it's po- great,
0: but it's, it's probably part
1: of the appeal of it is like, you mm-hmm. know, she's obviously not this little character. I like that Tina says, Judy, oh, please, call me mummy. Yeah. Small jokes like that. I want to be gooder. I really think she needs to stay in school. Yes, she does. Yeah, so So Sylvia wants to be her agent. She Mm. wants to help promote Tina.
0: Because she thinks she is riddled
1: with talent. Oh no, can I get a pill for that? (laughs) But Judy is adamant that she needs an education. Judy doesn't understand Mm -hmm. theatre, performance, talent.
0: No, which makes zero sense as we find out later. Yes.
1: We also get the start of one of my other favourite recurring jokes is all the dad jokes of not knowing who he is, where he is. Oh my
0: God, it's incredible. It's
1: so funny.
0: So Mr Denmark, Tina's dad, is not in this show. There are no visible men in this show he shows up right at the
1: end as a voice as a voiceover
0: and it's brilliant but it literally is just all the women for the whole show yeah and they make so many jokes about it to the point that no one can remember who he is yeah including Judy
1: and including Tina I just love it Tina
0: has no idea who he is it's like who
1: is my father I have a father
0: yeah she's probably never met him
1: no We then go into talent and I'm thinking, wow, we're really rushing through the songs here. It's just like song after song after song after song, which I like. You Mm -hmm. know, some musicals we've covered, there's such a long gap in between. I quite like it when it's boom, 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 boom. When we're straight into them, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it for you, baby.
0: Yes. So there are a lot of gypsy jokes and Sylvia calls herself Mama Rose and also Auntie Mame.
1: Yeah, I think. You've obviously got kind of the hairspray influence in the backdrop and the characters, but in terms Mm -hmm. of narrative, this is so Gypsy. Yep. Of, I couldn't make my daughter famous because she had no talent, so I'm going to take you. Yes. You know, and that's very similar to Gypsy. Obviously, the fact is it was the talented child went away, so she took the child with no talent and made her a star. Mm -hmm. I like that. And this song ultimately convinces Tina's mother... To let Sylvia do what she wants with Tina. Mm -hmm.
0: But not now, because after school, she's got her audition
1: for the school show. Pippi
0: Longstocking. Pippi in Tahiti, (laughs) which sounds like a nightmare of a musical.
1: One of the things I really like is that Sylvia doesn't talk about her child as she is a talentless normie. Mm-hmm. Like she's just got no talent. So anytime they try and talk about it, she's like, "No, don't make me relive it." She had no talent. Yep. Like they set up like something really tragic happened. It's just like she was normal.
0: Yeah, and, <laughs> and just... we're just not going to talk about her because yeah. she didn't have any talent.
1: I start to wonder. So, okay, this isn't going to be hairspray. This isn't going to just be Gypsy. Mm-hmm. Is this High School Musical meets Heathers?
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, that's Mean Girls.
1: Yeah. High School Musical meets Heather's. So we're we going to play the part. Yes. She's third grade. <laughs> this is so great. And she will do anything to play this part. Yeah.
0: So she's auditioning to play Pippi. She wants to play the lead role. Yes. And so she sings her little song and then her teacher asks her to go through the dance routine and she says oh i'll show you and she's like no no don't worry i learned it all out in the hallway <laughs> and then she has to do a jazz routine a ballet sequence a contemporary yeah and a hip-hop routine and she At does them all really, really quickly grade. it's so funny because just in the back of your head you're aware that this girl is supposed to be eight <laughs>
1: yeah and this I think it's so, so funny, because this isn't like she's auditioning for a show off-Broadway. or. No, it's literally their it school, school show. It is a school show. And their teacher, who is their director, has also worked in the industry. So she's bringing with... She's very, you know, like Mr. G, mm-hmm. that it's it's done professionally or not at all.
0: Yes. Even to the detriment yeah, of, like,
1: the kids, mm-hmm. which is, is funny in this, because you've obviously got somebody who's head and shoulders above the rest of them mm-hmm. in Tina. Yes. But she's not impressed.
0: Miss Thorne, who is her teacher, says that they very graciously have had the sets and the costumes donated to them by Lerman's Hardware. And Mrs. Lerman, who has made all of the costumes. Yes. Which is very nice of them. How lovely. I wonder what they could possibly want in return for doing that. And
1: sure enough, we get the notification of who is playing Pippi Longstockings.
0: Yes. Is it Tina? No, it is Miss Louise Lerman.
1: Louise Lerman? Are you kidding
0: me? Yeah. Oh, my God. So <laughs> they announce it and Tina runs onto the stage and shouts, are you effing kidding me? Except and she doesn't censor it. She
1: doesn't censor it. And it's so jarring because so they have great. done such a good job at making you think she's playing sugar and spice and mm-hmm. all things nice. That yeah. she's this sickly sweet Shirley Temple. Oh my God, no, she's not.
0: Watching this show in the theatre when I saw it with a full audience watching it and not knowing anything about it, because I went into this completely blind, yep. that is the moment that the entire audience were like, oh God, this isn't cute, is no. it? This and isn't going to stay from cute. now
1: you know what this is going to be. Yes, and we well, literally... Well, I say that. Act two completely changes what you think this will be, oh, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But at this point, for the duration of act one, you've got the show that this is now what we're expecting. Yeah. And it's so interestingly written.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a roller whole, coaster. The whole audience, when I went to see this, were rolling in our seats. It was incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I did not expect it and it no. just was a... Especially,
0: I had one of the younger girls when I went to see this, because they had three girls in the West End playing this part. The one who is in the film, who is 14, she's the oldest actor. The youngest one is 12, and I had the 12-year-old, so having this girl who already looked really young shout that was just amazing. That is my favourite part of this whole show. Yeah. I know it's early on, but...
1: I just, yeah, I, I loved it because I was not expecting this. Mm-hmm. We go home yep. and we get the exchange. I hate mine. Everybody does. Yep. Can vouch for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we learn that Miss Thorne hasn't changed her mind. So no. Sylvia has tried to do damage control mm-hmm. and tried to convince her that, look, Tina's the talent here. Miss Thorne hasn't changed her mind.
0: Yeah, even Judy tries to talk her around and says that she's really upset and we know she's the most talented, so like...
1: Why not just give it to her? And my favourite bit here is the Turner School doesn't give comps. That will become important later on. To side characters, it doesn't.
0: Yeah, because Sylvia shouts after Miss Thorne, I bet the Lerman girl's parents get comps.
1: Yeah, we learn that she is... The ex-actress at this point. Mm-hmm. So we kind of understand why she's so passionate about this show. Mm-hmm. We get her song Teaching Third Grade. Yeah. She'll get over her disappointment. Mm-hmm. And Miss Turner is resentful to be teaching third grade.
0: Yeah, she's not pleased.
1: <laughs> she says the pay is terrific. Yeah. Which I thought was funny. And third grade, more like third grade.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell she could, she thought she was going to go to New York and be an overnight sensation, yes. and it didn't happen. So she gave up and fell back on teaching. Yep. Which is... Jude, that's why Judy's talking to her about this. Is She's saying to her, do not think that Tina needs something to fall back on. Yeah. So she needs to stay in school. And the teacher's like, no, there's no point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what she does kind of concede, though, is after a conversation with Sylvia, they negotiate so that Judy is now going to be the understudy to Louise.
0: What's an understudy?
1: And Tina gets a wonderful, terrible idea mm-hmm. as she turns to the audience and gives a Grinch-like smile when she realises that the understudy might get a chance to play the role.
0: Yes. Sylvia says, if something were to happen to the Lerman girl, you'd go on in her place.
1: Yep. And And she's like, I'll do it. What I like here is that Miss Thorne is so against having an understudy. But I can tell you from experience, you should always have an understudy Mm -hmm. prepared, even if you don't use them or even if you only do it for one show out of five. You need an understudy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just helps. Have
0: you ever been an understudy? Yes. Did you get to go on?
1: No, what happened was people dropped out of shows, so I took their roles instead.
0: Nice. I
1: started The Crucible with like one line and ended up being one of the main characters because people dropped out. Well
0: done.
1: I was technically the understudy for School of Rock when I directed it, simply because the person... Oh,
0: because he got really ill.
1: Yeah, so the person playing Dewey got flu and we're doing dress rehearsals and the (laughs) person who I had cast as the understudy just wasn't confident on the lines and was like, I'd rather not be the understudy. So we made the decision that I would have to understudy. And if things got worse, I'd have to go on with the script.
0: Brilliant.
1: My drama teacher had done it in the past. So I was like, do you know what? It, it has to happen. I'd rather, should I go on with me with a script than...
0: Than cancel it. Then cancel yeah, it. for sure.
1: So I became the understudy for Dewey. There's a video somewhere of me doing uh, You're this, in the Band. Yeah. I am awful because I only really been listening at this point to the cast recording. I hadn't listened to the music recordings. The way our our productions work is <laughs> the music is done in a separate rehearsal space. Mm-hmm. So I was so off time and the band kept having to try to play it to me and were like, oh, we really hope that Danny doesn't have to go on and be doing." <laughs> and thankfully I didn't, but I've been an understudy. It's very stressful because yeah, <laughs> you have to yeah. learn two roles. Mm-hmm. That That's the worst bit about it is You're going to play your regular role, but you have to learn the other role as well. Like, you've got two times the work of everyone else, Mm -hmm. but it's such an important role. It can't be understated, the understudy. Yeah. Sylvia says the line, I wish I had a daughter, a talented one.
0: (laughs) We thought you had a daughter. A A talented talented
1: one. one. (laughs) And then we get the song where Tina gets it from. And Judy sings, I can't sing a note.
0: With the uh, the best note that you could ever possibly sing. I
1: just put clearly. Yeah. <laughs> she can make a bed to do 1,000 things with chicken. And I'm just thinking, yeah, see, you can do something.
0: Yeah, and that's what Sylvia's saying. While she's singing this, Sylvia's like, there, I knew you could do something.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah like fantastic. And... Sylvia then this is a weird bit. Sylvia proposes an agent for Tina and I'm thinking are you not the agent? One in New
0: York one on the coast.
1: There we go. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Take me home. Where do you live?
0: Incredible joke. Yep. <laughs> Cuz they hit the like peak note. Take me home. Where do you live? <laughs> Where does she live? Where is she staying while she's in this town?
1: <laughs> I just loved it because it's, it just shows that Judy has no idea about this industry. Literally she's,
0: nothing. You
1: know, happy for her daughter to get involved in. Mm-hmm. When we have kids, if our child wants to get involved in something that I don't know to support them, I will be learning about it. Yes. It won't just be like, a, you go do what you want. I will be actively learning so that I can support them. Mm-hmm. and then if they come up against an obstacle they're like i don't want to do this anymore i will be able to make an informed choice in how i speak to them about it sure we learn that talent skips a generation
0: potentially potentially
1: yeah. and we also learn about ruth del marco yeah who was the basis of a book called ruthless mm-hmm. and that's this written point,
0: by judy's, judy's adoptive mother yes yeah
1: and this is where i'm like called Lita Encore, which is a great, a great name. Great name. But into this one, I'm like, yes, this show is about Ruthless because they're lacking in Ruths. <laughs> yes, they are.
0: I was so I'm so glad
1: that you made that joke because that was hilarious yeah. that you
0: said that and I was sat here like, kind of.
1: <laughs> yep. And we also learned that show business mm-hmm. is heavy meals late at night,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which actually, yeah, I'd never thought about that before, that when you do leave a theatre you've not eaten before you go on because like getting ready and Mm -hmm. like the last thing I do is sing and dance on a full stomach that you are then having dinner at like
0: but you also have to in professional theatre get there quite in advance depending on what show it is and what you're doing yeah from watching a lot of the broadway backstage vlogs people get there like an hour to two hours in advance to get start like prepping warming up getting ready
1: mic checks
0: yeah everything
1: i mean there's also every chance no matter how long a show has been working that the director will have notes for you to improve like Mm -hmm. you you don't know
0: yeah and then you have your half hour call and you know you've got to be ready yeah so even if you do eat before by the time it's over because literally any show you do is a workout
1: yeah oh yeah you you are going to eat a hefty meal we go to pippi's song
0: This is incredible. So they're in rehearsal for Pippi in Tahiti. You've got Louise Lerman, who is being played by an adult woman.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Trying to sing the Pippi song with Tina standing next to her as Puddles the dog, which is Pippi's dog. And Miss Thorne trying to direct, but also hating every Every single moment of it. Now,
1: she wrote. She wrote this. She wrote this, which Mm -hmm. I think is hilarious. Mm hmm. I have to admit, the second they said Pippi Longstocking, I just thought, wow, I've not heard Pippi Longstocking reference in such a long time. That I wonder if there's a generation of people who will watch this show and just think that Pippi Longstocking is a made up name and not realise. Oh, for
0: this show, you yeah.
1: Because I hadn't heard of it in ages.
0: So this song gets stuck in my head. On like a weekly basis. Just the, how do, you do? my name is Pippi, P-I-P-P-Y-I. It's incredible and so cheesy. And it's just in my head all the time.
1: Yeah. And Louise is terrible and it becomes hilarious for watching it. But the most hilarious thing about this sequence is somebody in the world has seen Natalie Portman or Britney Spears... Mm-hmm. playing puzzles the dog yep and i would love to see them in that costume i just think that's a hilarious image
0: yeah it is it really is
1: <laughs> it just made me laugh because you think about thinking, their fame now yeah i'm just watching it thinking oh my days this is where Brittany and natalie started out mm-hmm. i love it this is where we do learn That Louise got the role because her parents bought it. She doesn't even want to be in the show. Yeah. So you've got the idea of parents pushing kids in something they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And Tina tries to talk her out of it. But Louise is like, no.
0: Do you think I want to be in this show?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Louise is like, no, I'm going to do it. And then she walks off stage and we get... Mm. The tenor of the theatre is here. <laughs>
0: yes. She has a little mini reprise of to play this part where she sings I asked politely, I said please. Yep. Now all that's left to do is.
1: <laughs> yep. And <laughs> Louise accidentally hangs herself.
0: Yep, yeah, with a jump rope.
1: Yep. Up in the
0: rafters of the theatre where she shouldn't have been.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. because she may or may not have been chased.
0: Mm-hmm. So we, we cut <laughs> to back to the Denmark house where a radio announcer says that somebody at the school has died, but that they're not going to release who the name is yet.
1: But we do learn that the person who died was celebrating their 10th birthday today.
0: Yeah, today. But my favourite joke in this whole scene is Sylvia and Judy are sat there listening to it. And Sylvia's like, don't worry, Tina's far too sensible to be running about up in the rafters. And then the radio says, we're now allowed to say the name of the child. And Sylvia looks at Judy and goes, don't worry, you could have other children. (laughs) What
1: I like is that Tina's more upset that there was no lunch.
0: Tina is more upset. And I think that's a very weirdly accurate child response yeah. it's like we were sent home before lunch
1: i'd be upset i'm hungry yeah so i mean she's also a psychopath yeah which is like absolutely hilarious mm-hmm. because she's like i'm cute i just wanted lunch mm-hmm. <laughs> hiding what really happened yeah and then we go into hugs and kisses
0: yeah so this is a reference to the bad seed which is what this whole concept yes. is based off of in which they say, what would you give me for a thousand hugs? I'd trade you a bucket full of kisses. Yes. And it's said over and over again in the play and in the book. But in that, the little girl is her like grandfather or grandmother, or, whichever one it was, was a serial killer. Yeah. And she kills a boy in her class because she wants the, his running medal. Yeah. And she has like a little drawer in her room of, that she's got oh. from other kids but yeah she drowns a little boy in Jesus. her class but in the film version it is played by an actual small child like she's like six or seven so it's way darker
1: yeah that is dark it's
0: great though you'd really like... it's still supposed to be yeah. comedic but we should watch that what well. i
1: really like is psycho tina's performance is great like through the gritted teeth and she's, like eyes. So great. she's so great because it's especially like it's not what you're expecting from the start of the play. Mm-hmm. We get a great line from Judy where she says, killed? No one said killed. Because Tina...
0: She knows too much about it. Yeah, can't yeah.
1: keep the secret. Like, she's awful. She's got no alibi. No. And she's, she's you know, running through hoops. Mm-hmm. But we again get Judy being so easily manipulated and just agreeing to go with it.
0: Yeah. You know... Because Tina's not bothered by any of it. And she's only thinking about, can she have a ballet bar put in her bedroom? Yeah. Because somebody else in her class has a ballet bar.
1: We get more great wordplay of cold turkey. I can check. Brilliant. And then the show must go on. I bet Miss Thorne is over the moon to actually have an understudy.
0: Because they were never
1: going to have an understudy.
0: The only problem is, Miss <laughs> Thorne tells us, that the pippy wig is missing. Yes. And no one's been able to find it, despite and... the fact that Louise Lernman was wearing it when she died. Yes.
1: What I like is that she is suspicious. She pretty much knows what's happened. Mm-hmm. And she's blackmailing Judy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We also learned she doesn't actually have the rights to Pippi Longstocking. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just so funny that obviously, mm-hmm. like, we can't promote this show because we don't have the rights and we yep. don't want to get in trouble.
0: So she says they're gonna call it Lippy Pong stocking instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Lippy Pong stocking. We get third group we get third grade reprise. And Sylvia was right. Louise was getting comps. Mm-hmm. But now. Tina will get the comms. Yep. And then we get some really good horror music as Judy finds the wig. Yes. <laughs> and she calls Tina down and she says, Tina, don't lie. And then Tina goes to sing and don't sing. And I really like the way they keep going. Accident?
0: like Yeah, and looking to the audience. It's very panto-esque.
1: Yeah. Knock it off, Tina. You're not that good.
0: Yes. This is We're one of my favorite starting lines. to see.
1: More to Judy, Mm -hmm. she is more than just Tina's mum, yeah, and I love it Mm -hmm. because slowly bit by bit she's breaking this facade of being a suburban housewife, yeah. And I'm interested because there's more to her character, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, what are we going to learn about her?
0: Yeah, so Tina's trying to pass it off that she found the wig after Louise had her accident, yes, and was too scared to give it back to Miss Thorne. So she just kept it in her bag and brought it home with her. And as you say, Judy says, Oh knock it off, Tina, you're not that good.
1: And she says, start from the beginning and great bit of breaking the fourth wall because mm-hmm. they try to go back to the very start of this whole performance. And yep. she says, Not the show <laughs> and then we learn, and I was shocked by this. I'm still shocked by this. Tina did it. Yep. How shocking horrifying how bizarre i had no idea Mm
0: -hmm. but the way that she describes it because again this is a child actor playing this character she says you know she asked her nicely and louise said that it would she would only play pippi over her dead body so she followed her up onto the boardwalk and wrapped the jump rope around her neck and pushed her over the edge and she just sounds like a super villain when she's saying all. this kid's a star
1: like the things actors do for lead roles oh
0: for sure and Sylvia does not care
1: (laughs) so we go to talent reprise Mm -hmm. Tina's getting punished what did she do is Sylvia's response what Mm. did she do kill somebody kind of warrants a punishment Mm. not that she's
0: due on in two hours
1: well Judy doesn't want Tina to step on a stage ever again yeah which is fair enough This is a really really fun number. Yeah. I hate musicals. Yes.
0: So Lita Encore shows up, Judy's adoptive mother. Yes. And as soon as she shows up, you've got Tina being like, "Oh, Grandma's here. Guess I'm not in trouble anymore," which is the ultimate kid move.
1: Does she say that she's over one hundred? Wow. (laughs) Because she's quite nimble. Yes. Considering
0: she's so funny. She hates musicals. She is forced to go and watch musicals. She says she's probably not going to show up to see Tina's show on time. She'll be there at some point, but yeah. probably not on time. But she hates having to go and see anything where people sing because she thinks it doesn't make any sense.
1: This is so much fun, like this whole number, because it's, mm-hmm. oh, it's all breaking the fourth wall. Sings a song like this, it doesn't make sense. Yep. She would slap Maria von Trapp. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rolf, she's over here. Which is
0: obviously a horrible take. <laughs> so horrible. So awful. But in the context of what she's singing, it just... Especially because she yeah. says, I'll tell you how to solve a problem like Maria. Hey, Rolf. Yeah. It
1: just, I just... All
0: of the references are so great. The
1: references are great because they're spot on for what they need to be. They're not mm-hmm. like making too big a deal of them. It's literally just, that's it. We don't get another Sound of Music reference. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. it.
0: This is what I, anytime somebody tells me that they don't like musicals, because they don't understand why people start singing, this is what I hear
1: in my head. The other one she has, which Mm -hmm. I thought was great, was Jesus was a saint, not a superstar. Yep. (laughs) She does concede, though, that musicals are better than ballet.
0: Yes, she says, I hate musicals, but not as much as I hate ballet. Yeah. And then she instantly sings a reprise.
1: She goes in reprise into encores. It's brilliant. She
0: says, I hate musicals, but not as much as I hate encores.
1: Yeah, it's just so great. Mm -hmm. She's the toughest critic ever I could learn from her. Mm -hmm. I want to sit at Lita Encore's learning tree (laughs) and learn how to be a critic. Judy wants to know who her real parents are, Mm -hmm. but we're not getting an answer. I quite like that we've now picked up this thread that once where I thought Tina was going to be the main character, Mm -hmm. we're now learning maybe she's not the main character. And there's hints that Judy wants to be the star, apparently, Mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting.
0: Yeah. So Tina is supposed to be rehearsing her ballad Mm -hmm. for the show because she's on in two hours. And... She's supposed to sing a song called Angel Mom. Yeah. And she's supposed to show emotion through it. And Sylvia is trying to tell Tina how to do it. And she's not doing a very good job.
1: Yeah. We start talking about Ruth Del Marco. Mm -hmm. Because Lita wrote her biography. Yes. And we learn that Ruth Del Marco was insane. She killed herself after a bad review from from Lita. Lita. I did right, or oh, is she still alive? Because no one ever found the body. Da-na-na, we also learned she had a child. Mm-hmm. Is it Judy? Ginger Del Marco. Yep. Mm-hmm. With Bob Fosse.
0: <laughs> With Bob Fosse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite jokes. Again, that child should be full of talent. <laughs> God,
1: that child should be the most talented child ever. Mm-hmm. But what I love again, we're just getting a reference to Fosse. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's not a big deal. We're just referencing. Yep. All these different musical theater. And we learn Judy or Ginger. Yep. She's Ruth Del Marco's child. Mm-hmm. And she looks at the audience, she goes, Oh no, I'm talented.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Lita's like, No, honey, you're not, I promise. <laughs> like, you're really not. Yeah. Which is great, is that she jumps to the assumption that she must be talented because because She's Del Marco's daughter. <laughs> Just her, her mum is like no.
1: <laughs> and she gets all powerful. She completely changes, like, yeah, her, her demeanor, physicality, her physicality yeah. everything. Just I like the sound of Ginger Del Marco.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then yeah, we get Angel Mum.
0: Yeah. So Tina's trying to figure out how to sing this song, and she tries doing it from the top, and then Judy's like, "No, that was terrible." Yeah. You need to try it like this. And Sylvia's like, "Well, what do you know?"
1: Well, this is it. She says, there are no lousy songs, just lazy singers, which I think is a great kind of line. Mm -hmm. Like any bad song. It's not a bad song. It's the way it's been performed. Sure. But yeah, Ginger has her true power unleashed. Yeah. And And it's just really brilliant number because you get Tina, Mm -hmm. Sylvia and Ginger singing this song. And it's just so powerful. Mm -hmm. The melodrama was great. I love how shocked Sylvia is by Ginger's talent. Yeah. It's just, wow.
0: Yeah, and how shocked Tina is by it. And Tina's like, oh my God, you understand me now. Which is so cute. And this song's cute too. I like that it's a, it's diegetic because...
1: They're all trying to one-up each other.
0: Yeah, and it's a song from the school show that she's supposed to be performing in. Yeah. But we all just know it, apparently. Yeah.
1: And we get a really kind of good reference to everything's coming up, Ginger.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: And then we get the interval. Yes. Very quick first act.
0: Yeah. And it fa- as it fades, they're all trying to get into the spotlight for the last second yeah. as well, which is hilarious. What
1: I like about this first act is it kind of takes place maybe over a month.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: But we only see like three or four days of it. We see mm-hmm. Sylvia coming to the Denmark house. Which
0: is also audition day.
1: Yeah, which is the same day. And presumably we then have Miss Thorne coming over the same day after school.
0: I think it's the next day. Or the next
1: day. Then we have like a month later, you know, kind of it's the day before they're supposed to go on and Louise has an accident. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So we only see three days from this month, but we see audition day and show day. I quite like that.
0: Literally the day they're supposed to go and do the show, Louise doesn't know her lines.
1: Louise doesn't want to be in the show. No, she doesn't. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yeah, one of my favorite expressions. So, interval, and we come back, mm-hmm. and we get some narrative yeah. on what's happened to this world.
0: So, Tina was sent away to the Daisy Clover School for Psychotic Ingenues, which is an incredible name
1: because, because Ginger <laughs> turned her, her in. Mom
0: dubbed her in. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> because she's going to steal the role.
0: Yeah, and we open on the new house.
1: But the best bit is the fact that the reason the appeal went so bad is because Tina let Sylvia defend her. Oh, yeah. Which I just think is hilarious.
0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen of the court, it was the lead role.
1: What ladies was she and gentlemen to do? of the court, come on. Lead role. You'd all do it.
0: Yeah, basically. And none of the people in the jury are theatre people, so they just don't understand.
1: Yeah, if this was a jury of her peers, mm-hmm. they would be theatre people. And yes. they'd be like, oh yes, no, we'd, we've all been there, darling. Mm-hmm. Not guilty.
0: Yeah. Um, Judy is now a success on Broadway, but she's now Ginger Del Marco, and she is the ultimate diva.
1: And she's a Tony winner.
0: Yeah, she has a couple of Tony Awards. Tony, 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 Tony. And
1: She won a Tony for Pardon My Wind. Yeah. Which is, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a great name.
0: Yep. And she's walking around and she's got her, like, diva dressing gown? Yeah. I don't know what else to call that.
1: She's, yeah, like... It's like one
0: of those fur-lined ones. A great.
1: superstar at this point. Mm-hmm. Very much like what you stereotype... An obnoxious, stuck up actor to look
0: like. Yeah, for sure.
1: It's also four years later.
0: Yeah. So she's been, Tina has been in this school for psychopathic ingenues for four years. Yeah.
1: Now, what I think is really interesting is the rest of this show takes place over one evening. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like it's in real time, which makes it so absurd and so silly. But Tina's now very marginalized. Ginger Del Marco is our main character at this point. Yeah, it feels very obviously this came first, mm. but it's very Book of Mormon. What I like about that is the fact that all of Act One, you think Elder Price is our main character.
0: Mm.
1: You know, yay Andrew Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> but at the end of Act One, we get man up, and Act Two, Josh Gad,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Elder is Cunningham is now the main character, and obviously we still have held a price there but the the shift is so interesting because it's just you think it's going this way and it deviates completely yeah and And obviously this is
0: exactly the same because realistically for the rest of this show tina's not important yeah like she's here
1: yeah and it just it really in hindsight i'd love to watch this again knowing that Jim Del Marco is the big character because I'm sure there's far more moments mm. in the opening.
0: We're introduced to Judy's new s- servant, assistant Eve. Eve, who basically is desperate to be her, and Judy completely mistreats her. She says she's only allowed to talk to her in French. Yes, she has all these airs and graces now that she didn't have before.
1: Yeah, the change of set is amazing. Like the everything, like you've gone from the interior of a suburban house into penthouse amazing
0: yeah and eve's song that she sings here is called a penthouse apartment yeah she literally she's saying that she like makes her food and cooks for her and makes her drinks for her and
1: and she'll be waiting in the wings when ginger snaps
0: yes but also she tries on her clothes and she like handles her underwear and
1: and cuddles her tony in the nude yes i'd cuddle a tony in the nude i'm sure you would tony stark maybe
0: as we talked about in our prom episode if i had a tony it would be in my bag yes all the time
1: we do learn that eve wants to usurp ginger like mm-hmm. she's sticking around until she can kind of one-up her yeah i have to say i this is the low point of the show for me is i hate eve and i hate her depiction Oh, for it's sure. too she's much. So annoying. It's way too much. If you toned her back a little bit, mm-hmm. fine. But because she's so panto, it becomes so silly. And in a show that's up to this point played the comedy very subtly, but also like really brilliant wordplay and great timing and mm-hmm. good breaking the fourth wall. You've then got this, which yeah. is like Tasmanian devil of energy. And it's just annoying. And whenever she's on stage, I'm just like, Not interested. It's the one real low point of this performance is Eve. Mm -hmm. Just dial it back. She doesn't need to be this much. Yeah. (laughs) One of my favourite bits is we learn that despite everyone loving Ginger, she's still got one critic. Yeah. Lita Roncourt. Yeah. And yeah, we, we learn a few of the shows. She played Joan of Arc in Smoke Without Fire. Incredible. Yep.
0: Sounds like a great show.
1: And we get a nice call back to the Danish toast joke. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Ginger's forgot all about Tina.
0: Yeah, so we learn that the person who's writing about her in the paper has found out that she was a housewife in the past, but also that she has a child, and that her child will be returning home today. Yeah. So...
1: And she's completely forgotten, yeah.
0: Yeah, she's completely forgotten about Tina. And also she's waiting, she's kind of semi-waiting for Tina to show up, but also thinking about how she's not interested at all in going back to being just Tina's mother.
1: But there's a really interesting point, because we're going to, it will never be that way again. And it does feel like she's fighting the urge to be a housewife. Like, Mm -hmm. she's still, there's a part of her deep down that just wants to be Tina's mother again, go back to when it was easier.
0: Yeah. Well, she says, I miss um, the way Hoover feels in my hand.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I like this, you know, I think it's really funny. I I kind of, she talks about the difference from Judy to Ginger Mm -hmm. is, you know, like fun, but I also thought we had Judy Garland and Ginger Rogers.
0: Yeah, that's wondered, probably where they got the names yeah,
1: from. Like, is that where we got the names from? Yeah, I thought it was clever. The deadpan humor is great. You know, the long note is is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she says, "This time, I'm doing it for me, Mama." Yep. She's just talking to a voice in Gixi the sky. Reference. Yeah, the choreography is great, and we're learning that Ginger has done everything she can on Broadway. Mm-hmm. She now wants to be in movies. And Sylvia says what she wants from all this. She wants the girl. Yeah. Sylvia is a mess at this point. I think it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. She's not composed like she used to be. She's clearly... See, they're all having issues with addiction at this point because Eve and Ginger are snorting coke. Yep. And Sylvia is very drunk a lot of the time. So it's really... horrible idea of what fame is to people
0: yeah and we find out that judy slash ginger has just dropped sylvia now sylvia was her agent yeah and as soon as she got kind of semi-big she ditched her straight away yeah and so sylvia's point here is here i never wanted to represent you anyway i want. i would much rather represent tina who i can shape to be the way that i
1: want her to be exactly And yeah, this is it. I want the girl. Sylvia wants Tina as payment.
0: Isn't that illegal? Probably, but it's not like Ginger wants her
1: back. One of the best things about this, though, is the fact that Sylvia is so disingenuous. Mm -hmm. Like, during the song, she's like, my name in lights. I mean the girls. Yep. There's some really brilliant ones. And I guess this is her I want song. Mm -hmm. I want the girl, but actually I want to be famous.
0: Yeah, this is her Mama Rose song where it's like, this is what I want for you. Yes. And also me.
1: (laughs) You and me, but mostly me. But mostly me. me. (laughs) This song was diegetic as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Because Eve and Ginger clap at the end.
0: Yeah, they slow clap her. Because they realise how disingenuous it all is they're like oh wow great performance well done no yeah. you're not having this child
1: yes and Tina returns in mm-hmm. her little prison outfit
0: yeah I love her prison outfit
1: and Ginger never once visited her yep. I don't blame her she's mm-hmm. kind of busy I feel like Tina deserved like to get in trouble anyway mm-hmm. I really love how we just go keep going from song to song to song mm-hmm. like bit of dialogue into another number
0: yeah because it's a musical and it bugs me yeah a lot because i i'm aware that we have to have dialogue there's got to be some acting in between these songs yeah but sometimes it does feel like
1: too much
0: yeah and i get i forget sometimes that we're in a musical if people talk
1: for too long well this is it some of the shows we've covered Mm -hmm. there's not enough songs in them for for me yeah, it, you know, and I really love the fact that we're getting song after song after mm. song.
0: It's one of our biggest complaints with a lot of more recent Disney movies.
1: It's the lack of songs. Yeah, the lack
0: of songs. Absolutely. But like if you're going to put songs in, don't stop your songs twenty minutes before the end of the movie.
1: End with a big I want a number, finale yeah. song. <laughs> it's it's my one big complaint about both Frozen films is. Mm. There's not a big The last song in song. both
0: film is so
1: bad. Well, they're not bad songs. They'd be good songs for the film if they had another song after them, but they're not good okay, finale songs.
0: Yeah, officially, the the finale song of Frozen is Fixer Upper. Yeah. No, and the Frozen Two is Next Right Thing.
1: Yeah, which, which are is good depressing. songs, but yeah, like we don't have a big triumphant Broadway ending, which, mm-hmm. which is what it is. Yeah, I like the attempts at parenting, so. Yeah. Ginger pulls the cigarette from Tina's ear and mm-hmm. wags her finger in like a really condescending... And then
0: immediately lights it. Yeah, and then
1: immediately lights it. She has a great moment here where somebody says to her, you can't take the audience home with you. And she replies, not all of them. And she winks at someone in the audience. <laughs> yes, she does. Breaking the fourth wall done right. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah,
0: so this song, There's More to Life. Tina is singing this, saying, oh, this is what I realised while I was in prison is that... You can't take the audience home with you at the end of the day. And people clapping for you only gives you validation in that moment. And it's a waste of time. And she sings this whole song. And then Judy reprises her line from earlier. Knock it off, Tina. You're not that good.
1: Yeah, so this is it. I really like that in this moment, you've got Tina and Jin just seem to have switched. Tina just wants that small life. Mm -hmm. Nope. She just plans to exploit her mum's fame.
0: Yep, as much as possible. And Ginger, being the hypocrite that she is, says, no, no daughter of mine is being an actress. Yeah,
1: And, yeah, Tina thinks she should have all the success.
0: Mm -hmm. You stole it from me.
1: Yeah. I really like this new dynamic where Ginger has power over Tina and actually fights back.
0: Yeah, because when she was Judy, she wasn't doing that. She just let Tina do whatever she wanted.
1: Yeah. It just, yeah, it was a really nice moment.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They talk about what Tina learnt in jail. Yep. And she's made toys.
0: Yeah, really scary toys. I
1: hope that you can buy replicas of these toys somewhere. I love theatre merch. Mm -hmm. We talked about way back on our Phantom of the Opera episode about how can you buy like a Phantom mask. Mm -hmm. I love theatre merch.
0: When I went to see this, there wasn't any merch.
1: If they were to do it again now, Mm -hmm. I would so so purchase like a copy of these toys yeah just be fun mm. well the song right. that we've
0: just been talking about there's more to life this song was added for the 2018 West oh really? End production. yeah cool so then we go into parents and children yeah. which is where the toys appear so Tina has made she says it in woodshop yeah or home ec or whatever it's called she has made these toys and one of them is a creepy doll with like bear arms and the other one is a bear with doll parts.
1: Mm. It's very much Sid from Toy Story. They're
0: so scary. Yeah.
1: Sylvia returns. Mm -hmm. She's in a new costume.
0: She is. Because she's she's gone full Mm -hmm.
1: Ruth DeMarco. Yes, we
0: find out that Ruth DeMarco did not in fact kill herself. She jumped into the sea and was found by a cruise line and then she became a cruise singer Changed her name and just got famous that way instead.
1: What a twist. Yep. I honestly had no idea this was coming. I have Do you to, not? No. It, oh, I loved this.
0: I thought when you said that you'd written down in your notes earlier that you thought there was something about Sylvia that was like hidden. I thought you'd figured it out. No.
1: Okay. I absolutely love this. And it makes it funnier because when she said my child had no talent, she meant... She meant... Judy... Yeah. And in that moment, she was technically correct, mm-hmm. because Judy didn't know who she was until yeah. Sylvia showed up and said, remember yep. who you are. You are my daughter.
0: <laughs> and apparently you have talent now. Yes. Yep.
1: But Ruth doesn't share the spotlight. No. And Tina is her second chance. Mm-hmm. And Tina shouts, grandmother! And she shouts, call me Ruth.
0: Please, call me Ruth. We find out that Judy has just been cast in another show and she's going to be playing. They describe the character as like a young woman, blah, blah, blah. And Tina says, oh, do you need an understudy?
1: Here we go again. Yeah.
0: And then they, they, they all say, here we go again. And then they're like, no.
1: It's so cheesy. like, oh, Tina, mm-hmm. like an end of a sitcom. Speak to the hand would end like that. Yep, and just be like, "Oh, you." Yeah.
0: Basically, and then we find out that Eve is going to go on and take Judy's role because Judy's not shown up to do the show. Except then we find out that she's not even Eve. She's. (laughs) Louise Lerman's mum in disguise as someone could yeah, be. Yeah,
1: I really had no idea that. Here to no get, get revenge on that. her. Yeah. So we've gone into Ruthless at this point. Mm-hmm. This song is great. Yep. I love, you know, granddaughter, mother. And, and granny all mm-hmm. trying to one up each other i like how eve miss thorn and later encore come on stage cause it's so ridiculous yeah
0: we're just gonna have everyone join in this
1: is undoubtedly one of the best titular songs we've covered mm-hmm. on this show full stop yeah because it just it's perfect
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then there's at the end of the song or during this song we have people leaving going yeah come on we're not in this scene <laughs>
0: get out we're not in this scene.
1: really <laughs> good eve again is too much yeah And we get the line, over my dead body. Okay. Yes. And then, yeah, Betty Lerman. Lerman. What a twist.
0: (laughs) What a twist. (laughs) I had
1: no idea. Yes. And I feel like it makes more sense now why she was so OTT. Because she had Mm. no idea. She's not a good actress.
0: Yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's just pretending to be this crazy woman. So it's the same actress that played Louise Lerman. Yeah. Is playing Betty Lerman slash Eve. And so she pulls a gun and she says that she's going to kill Judy slash Ginger. Everybody has pseudonyms. This is getting yeah. more and more difficult. It
1: gets really confusing, yeah, because everyone yeah. else is someone else.
0: Well, the, the most irritating thing is I have the, car, the cast recording in front of yeah. me with all of the characters, so I know exactly who's in yeah. each song. And in Act 1, it says Judy, and in Act 2, it says Ginger. And I have to keep double-checking when I'm looking at the list. Oh, yeah.
1: It's so good. It
0: gets a bit confusing.
1: But it becomes very sesame street because Tina steps forward and she says, I learned something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nope. <laughs> she steals yeah, the gun. Like,
0: you know, holding on to resentment is a bad thing and you need to, you know, let it, it go and us. I realized that what I did was wrong and but I was just a child. I didn't know any better and she's like, "You know, you could be right, kid." And, and then get her.
1: Yeah. Betty gets shot.
0: Well, they so this is a joke that Oh, this joke is great now for the
1: rest of this show.
0: Yeah, so Judy grabs Betty, they both have their backs to the audience, they there is a bang noise, they jump, and then they both turn around and do a body. Tapping check. every
1: part of their body. The discovery moment of Betty going,
0: yeah. Oh It's, it's me. me! Is great. So Betty dies. Yeah. This is just an ongoing everything just falls apart at this point. So she dies, then
1: Ruth dies. Yeah with the exact same discovery joke of mm-hmm. fighting over the gun and bang and turn and tapping yeah
0: so lita encore bursts in she tries to sylvia is wrestling for the gun with tina the gun goes off it shoots sylvia sylvia dies then lita encore says oh well she could never sing anyway sylvia comes back to life shoots lita encore yeah then tina takes the gun Then Judy says, you'll never act again. You'll never set foot on the stage ever again. And Tina says, you're right, mother. There's no money in theater. We're moving to LA, I'll do a sitcom. And she shoots Judy. And then Judy says that she's gonna be a famous theater star. And then we hear Tina's father come to the top of the staircase. And he says, honey, I'm back. And Tina runs to the bottom of the staircase and just shoots him. And yeah. we never see him. We just hear the bang and assume that he's dead. And then she runs to the front of the stage, points her gun out into the audience, and then we fade to black.
1: Now, I've just remembered something fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have Judy Sash, Ginger. Yeah. But do you remember the dad's name? Fred? Frederick. Yeah, Fred, Fred and, Ginger. and Ginger. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. So we get talent reprieves everyone's reactions to the gun are fantastic it is the shortest revival ever <laughs> yeah. for ruth mm-hmm. this goes from ruthless to everyone dies the musical it's so
0: quick and that little description that i just did of how they all
1: yeah it is that it's quick. that fast it's that fast ptsd sends ginger back to judy mm-hmm. and she is like everything's normal the status quo is resolved i think we learned a lesson here tina and then bang yeah straight away And everyone dies.
0: Yes. And then we all rise from the dead to sing Ruthless, the finale, as a company. And really, like, this is the Bao song, but they're
1: so good. They are. I have to say kudos to this going such an unexpected written act too. (laughs) I really thought this would be all about Tina and Pippi. I thought, essentially, as soon as they showed that Tina is now the understudy. The rest of this show is going to be about the making of Pippi Longstocking and ultimately in the end, Mm -hmm. you know, during Act 2, Tina does something and then has to live with it and try and still get the performance. I had no idea it was going this way. Yeah. I think I picked up some of the kind of beats of it of like, you know, theatre kids being obnoxious, etc. Like, I think I picked up some of that. But Mm -hmm. wow. Uh, Yeah, just the switching really reminded me of the Book of Mormon-esque with Price and Cunningham. And I loved it because I really had zero idea. Yeah. The only bit I actively disliked in this was Eve. Yeah. I, I, and, it, you know, I can rationalise it off. She's a bad actress. Mm-hmm. But it just was still too much. Like, from my perspective, it just was, like, jarring and really, really, like, ugh, okay. Who's your MVP in this
0: one? See... So I would say Jason Gardner, because Sylvia slash Ruth is such a great character Mm -hmm. and he does a really good job. But I think it has to be the little girl that is playing Tina, just for the sheer fact that she is carrying this show.
1: I don't think she is carrying it, though. I think everyone's incredible. And I'd actually say the person who carries this is Judy slash Ginger, if anyone, because this show hinges on two very different portrayals by the same actress. Yeah. And it's her reaction to the world. Mm-hmm. She's the main character and she has to react to Tina, to Sylvia, everyone, one way in act one and then a completely different way in act two. Yeah. She was my MVP. I just, I loved it. I, I loved how she was one person in act one, a completely different person in act two and then at the end switched back. Mm-hmm. It was so brilliant. What's your best song? in ruthless
0: probably ruthless yeah. i i have three songs from this on my playlist i have ruthless yeah. the pippy song yeah and then i have there's more to life mm. because that one gets caught in my head as well yeah. i'm gonna say ruthless but i can at any given time do a full performance of the pippy songs yeah so. i'm
1: also gonna say ruthless mm-hmm. i liked all the songs but i don't know what their replayability is like
0: yeah, so some of the songs, I think a lot of them have to have context. Yes. Specifically ones like Teaching Third Grade yeah. and I Hate Musicals. Yeah. They're funny to see people perform. Yeah. Penthouse Apartment, I wouldn't put on my playlist. That's
1: my skip song. Yeah. That's actively my skip song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't like it when we were watching the first time round. Yeah. I will give an honourable mention to... I really hate musicals because I think it's a great song. Oh, yeah. And it's one of the best performances in here. But it works with the visual gag of you think it's over and then we get more. Mm-hmm. I love like all the different theatre references in it. I think it's a very clever song.
0: Yeah. And obviously we have you know the best song as performed by Miss Bernadette Peters, yeah. which is unky's Munkle, which if you're watching the Broadway HD version with Jason Gardner in the cast that we've yeah. been talking about, at the end of the show... They play over the credits this song called Unky's Monkle, which is supposedly from the musical that Ruth Del Marco was in that yeah. got a bad review that caused her to try to kill herself, supposedly as a part of the twist. But yeah, they got Bernadette Peters to record yeah, this, which is, which is amazing. great.
1: It's just amazing. And
0: they played it in the theatre when I went to see it. Really? As as we were all leaving they just played it.
1: I guess the good thing with this show is that if you licence the show and perform it you get access to the Bernadette Peters recording Mm -hmm. because presumably that's old. Yeah, that's that's from the 1994 one. Now, for the first time I have one choice.
0: Yeah. Who would you like to play in this musical, band. I guess
1: I'm playing Sylvia or Ruth. I'd have a whale of a time playing them. Absolutely would love to play those parts. And I think even if there were more parts I could play, I would say those. So mm. I think that's great. But you get a lot of options. Who would you play?
0: I don't know all of them. Because I get the joy with nope, this I'm show. I'm not letting
1: that. There's only four characters. You have to choose one.
0: No, I get the joy with this show. Of being able to age into each character.
1: Oh, you do what I would do with waitress.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so if I was a kid, obviously I'd want to play Tina. Yep. I'm at the right age now to play Judy. And then if I get a little bit older, I would play Miss Thorn. And, and then, then even older, older, I can be Lita Uncle. Yeah. I want to be everyone in this musical. We were joking. So right about... now, Judy.
1: We were joking about this yesterday that if I was a talented singer and, you know, could perform in an ideal world. I would play every role in waitress mm-hmm. I would start with Dr. Pomata. Yep. And then I'd come back and I'd be the husband character. Because I don't think you can be the husband and then Pomata. And then I'd come back and I'd be Cow Because I just think that's a fun, easy one to do. Like, you get some really nice moments. Then you'd come back and you'd be Ogie. Mm-hmm. And then when you are old, you are Old Joe. Yeah. And it's it's great. If you love that show and you're performing it, you can come back and you can play all these different roles. And mm-hmm. I think, why not? I gave Ruth this four out of five stars. Cool. I really would recommend you all check it out. If you haven't seen this show before, it's on Broadway HD. Check it out. Mm-hmm. I had a whale of a time. It was so unexpected. I know I've said at the start, this is one of the best shows that we've covered. And you know I've not given it as good a rating as some others I think ultimately I had a great time watching it. I don't think some of the songs exist to me outside of watching it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, there's a lot of shows like Mamma Mia, for instance, I can put every single song on that playlist and just listen. Anna and the Apocalypse, I could listen to every song again. So Mm -hmm. some of the songs don't exist outside of the ruthless world. And also Eve. Just too much for me. Yeah. That stops it being five stars. But I had an absolute blast. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to have an absolute blast with next week's episode.
0: Yeah, it's got me feeling kind of hungry already. Really? Yeah.
1: Uh, Do you want me to start dinner?
0: Yeah, I think you should. What are you making?
1: Uh, Ratatouille. (laughs) I'm so excited because I wasn't even aware of Ratatouille, the musical, until maybe the end of November.
0: Yeah, you, were, you weren't aware of it until sort of the end of Ratatouille the yeah. musical, really, after all of it had happened.
1: Yeah. I don't use TikTok. Hmm. I don't get it. I'm old.
0: Let us know if we should make a, an It's a Musical Pod TikTok. Because yeah. Because I think that would be cool. I, you know, I don't I, know what we'd do. I, but... I, I, I,
1: I've, I don't know if it's a thing, but you get a lot of people who are like lip-syncing over things. Mm-hmm. We could dress me up as different musicals and lip-sync to the songs. For sure with fancy choreography. Isn't that what TikTok is? Like dances and... I
0: just use it for art.
1: You do. Shout out, Icarus Illustration on TikTok and some fantastic artwork, including the artwork for this show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I wasn't aware of Ratatouille, but then you'd mentioned and you told me all about like how it had grown and yeah. developed, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. next week because that's the point. I'm excited though, because I'm this so is excited. the little musical that shouldn't but has yeah and might be the one thing that made 2020 worth it
0: Mm -hmm. it's got an amazing looking cast you haven't looked at anything yet
1: i know some of the cast i'm really excited to talk about this so next week we will be covering ratatouille we actually have a really good lineup for january Mm -hmm. because after ratatouille we're celebrating your birthday yeah, and what are we going to be watching? Well, We've gone from rats, from rats to cats. To cats, can you not the if... new one. No, we're, we're saving that for a rainy day. We're watching the Elaine Page,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then we're going to end January with
0: Kinky Boots.
1: Kinky Boots,
0: very exciting.
1: So we have a great January lineup for you, and as always, you can get involved in the conversation about all of these shows on on the slate via twitter and instagram at it's a musical pod let us know your thoughts have you seen Ruthless, this or are you inspired to see Ruthless this having listened to this episode yeah and what do you think of ratatouille have you contributed to it in some way via mm-hmm. tiktok should we start a tiktok and what would you like to see us cover if we did what are your thoughts on cats with elaine page what are your thoughts on kinky boots yeah As always, you can find us on a multitude of different podcasting platforms. There is Apple Podcasts, there is Spotify, there is Google Podcasts, there's Amazon Music, there is Stitcher Radio, and our OG host, Podbean. Mm -hmm. You can subscribe to us. Maybe you're listening to us for the first time, and if so, hello, happy new year, and thank you for joining us. Subscribe so you're notified when we launch a new episode, or share us with a friend. Or leave us a review and let us know what you liked about Ruthless and let us know what you'd like to see us cover in 2021 yeah it's a really really exciting year I think we started off well mm-hmm. going into this year ruthlessly yes full of ruthlessness yep taking no of prisoners
0: <laughs> as usual you can find us same bat place same bat channel
1: have a magical musical monday